This is the Copper Crab Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Cheney Crab. Being Copperwise coming at you. Today on the podcast, our guest is Cameron Argon, aka Big Chocolate of Disfiguring the Goddess. What up? This, okay. this dude is way sick, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Super sick dude. Uh, so what's up, man? Yeah, how have you been? I've been better than good. Yeah? That's what I, I like to hear, man. Fuck yeah. So you moved, yeah. to te- you moved to Texas, so you're just like basically back to 2019, right? What's the score? Um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I pushed I pushed it. I feel like I'm in 2021. You know, okay. I didn't stop. Everyone else is like yeah. relaxing and everything, or taking time off. I'm like, this is the time, everybody. Yeah, yeah. for sure. That's kind of how we feel, for sure. Been trying to like hustle a little bit, I guess you could say, with music and everything. But it's more like behind the scenes kind of shit. Yeah, I think last year was one of the best years of my life. Yeah, and uh. Yeah. This year is shaped up to be, uh, to take its place. That's awesome. What made last year one of the best years of your life? Um, the kind of, the people around me and kind of the, the, like the sud, this, everyone kind of slowing down for a bit was really nice Yeah. because especially here in Texas, it's like, people are just like wild and doing a million things. And like a lot of my friends are just like super busy all the time. So it was great to have them like kind of halt down and get, get connected with everybody and get on the same page with many people and whatnot, just from that perspective. Um, kind of been on a health kick for like the last few years. And yet last year was just like another year on, under the belt of, taking it there and you know that feels awesome what's your health kick look like i mean it was kind of like uh revolutionizing my diet for a while and now it's just like i just eat a lot of food and then last year i started hitting the gym and stuff so it was like kind of a combination of good things but uh all right um skipping that whole subject real quick yeah yeah. uh, that subject kind of sucks a little bit yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a hole. Um, I uh, just got I got really really into DJing. Yeah, like that was great. I feel like I, you know, me and a couple, few of my friends, like instead of getting into producing or video games or other things that I, like other DJ producers were doing at the time, yeah. we just got like really really into DJing. Like, okay, it's obsessive with it. Like eight hours a day, just like looking for music and organizing music and playing all time together. And as soon as we could like start playing here in Texas, like we started opening up all these parties and residencies and uh, it was fun. I mean, we still do. And we still, we still play twice a week here, but like right off the, the gate, we were just like so thirsty for it. Like we were playing every after party we could. Yeah. It was, uh, it was great. Um, I learned some other skills too. Like I was like, you know, I think the being in music and, kind of like being where like my, my uh, progression within music, uh, not just from like an output, but also from like a personality point and also from like a business point. I was kind of like revving up some engines and 
uh, last year when it shut down, it was like, um, kind of like, I didn't have like this, like cockiness of like, ah, this will like nothing could touch me. I was like, ah, should probably like learn some skills or something, you know, get something else kind of going. Yeah. Uh So I, uh, I took it to, I learned a bunch of, uh, development skills like Java and JavaScript. Awesome. Um, My whole, yeah, my whole family's in computers and whatnot. So they kind of mentored me a little bit. My dad mentored me a bit and, um, got to the point where I was looking for jobs and I was just like, just to like work and build experience. Well, what do you, what do you use Java? Take, what do you use JavaScript to do? I mean, you could do a lot of stuff with JavaScript. It's like, um, it's just like any other programming language. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if people like make games in JavaScript, but right. it's, you know, it's like, it's kind of like a more web based. Yeah. Um, language yeah well Um, specifically what have you been what what like area of it are you going into are you learning about well i was just as soon as i learned the basics and was like pretty comfortable with figuring things out i instantly was like let me just get any type of job like let me just work for anyone trying to shovel off work on like some entry-level guy who just needs to grind yeah and through that process, I was uh, kind of like optimizing my my life, and like I was already trying to live. Like I had some some type of job, so I was just getting up early and looking for jobs all day and applying for a bunch of jobs. And then I kind of got competitive with it, and not not like a, with other people, but just myself. Like, how many jobs could I apply to in a day? Right. And I got I was into more self improvement, motivational. I mean, I've always been reading i'm a big fan of audible and i'm a big fan of like self-improvement books and uh i uh was listening to these like motivational guys who were like really ramping me up and they were all in sales so they were talking about sales a lot and i got more and more into sales and then one of my friends who has a design company in reno nevada was kind of keeping tabs on me because he was like, really, they really need developers over there. And he's like, hey, if like you could do this stuff, we'll hire you like today, but we can't teach you how to do stuff. Like we need you to yeah. come right. ready to work. Mm-hmm. So he was constantly keeping tabs on me, like where I was at with things. And about once a month, he, we'd have a talk. And one month he called me and I was actually looking at a bunch of social media jobs, um, trying to just get my foot in the door and like one of these local tech companies because a lot of the companies were hiring internally only. I was oh, yeah. like, well, if I just get any job, I can like just say, I want to learn this and they'll, I don't know. I'll just move around. And, um, I told him I was into sales and social media and he was like, well, we're looking for that too. So how about we just like kind of do like a internship where you're doing social media and we'll go through sales and then we'll teach you development at the same time after you've kind of like gotten really uh, wrapped up into the company. And as I was going on, I was getting more and more into sales. And like, there is a point where before my development chapter started, there was like a a concern for time. Like they didn't want to teach me development if I wasn't going to be contributing to it. And I was like, you know, I don't want to do development. I want to, I want to kind of be on the, the business development side of it. And uh, it's, it's kind of like a startup. So I'm doing, it's not just like 
uh, selling like a, a, a package all day, kind of like doing some strategy and like uh, some account management and whatnot, but also sales. It's kind of like doing, learning a lot and doing a lot. And it's great because I've always kind of had that mentality at the already. And my friend is like, you know, it's his business and his company and he's kind of the same way. So we, we, we click really well. We've got some uh, great synergy and we just, we talk like our meetings are just like these like awesome conversations every time. I'm like, this is great. So it's brand new. I, I still have like, I don't know, 40 days of like my internship still, but I feel like I'm like rocking uh, my kind of what I'm doing and building up to be like when the, when like the, the quote unquote job starts, like I'll be like, you know, I'll be running already. So, I mean, I thought about it and like, I could uh, like development. What are you going to be doing all day? Like you're going to be clicking on a mouse, looking at code, looking at things up, you know, drinking coffee, taking a little break and going back to your computer and jamming. And like, you know, I, I love being on my computer for making music and stuff, but like, I love being on the phone. Yeah, I like getting on the yeah. phone. I like getting on the horn. Ah, uh, talking like on the phone on the is horn. so good. Yeah, yeah, I like it too. I don't actually <laughs> like communicating, just business type things on text or on uh, email. Yeah. It's just always seems a little passive aggressive. Just yeah, getting always. on the yeah. phone with someone, man, the good old school way. Know, Naveen get, is all about. When that. I get an email, sometimes I'm like, God, this person is like coming at me right now. You know, and then I'll just be like, I'll just get on the phone like, What up, dude? You know, and then it's like. You know, you realize that it's all straight for sure. Yeah. So how, are yeah. you like, yeah. did you decide to go through with all this because of the lack of shows and, and stuff like that? Or, or are you like, were you already thinking like, hey, maybe I should go into some non-music type career, I guess you could say. Because you travel a lot with big chocolate and stuff, right? So, mm-hmm. Well, it was interesting. Like a couple years ago. One of my good buddies who I produced a lot with started getting into development and he just like was doing it as like a passion at first. Like he just was always interested in it. And then he started working in it and he was kind of like telling me about it. And I I remember telling like my dad about it, who is a business guy with like a computer background. Like he, he has a computer science degree and he knows a lot about computers, but he's always owned and operated a business. And even when he worked for, other computer companies he was in like their sales strategy sector so he it was funny when i made the decision because he was like don't get into sales get into development he was kind of like trying to push me because sales is so open-ended like you could go sell pencils or you know yeah i've always been a little i don't enjoy the idea of a commission based on sales i I'm okay with selling, like being in sales, that's fine. But when your entire, like a good friend of mine works at a car dealership, right? Let's, so I was asking, he's not a dealer, but I was asking him what is expected of the dealers and they make commission, sales-based commission, and they can make good money, but they're expected to sell, sell 18 or 20 cars a month. That just seems like so much pressure and like it would be a constant stress to have to do that. I can see that. I feel like you, I feel like you'd have to lean the other way. Like you'd have to like not think about if you're behind, but think about like getting ahead Yeah. and just 
like spin it. And I, that's kind of why I like sales too. It's like all like positive self image is like kind of the core of it. Cause it's really relationship based and Very. people are coming to the car dealership because they want a car. You're not like knocking on someone's door being like, Hey, do you want to buy a car today? Very so true. it's like, there already is like some type of edge yeah. when someone walks in. And if like, if no one's coming into the place, it's kind of a marketing issue, not a sales issue. So it's like, Hey, like I can't sell your quota because you've had half as many people come into the store. That's very true. Very true. Yeah, and well, it, I, I then like there's what you're the, saying right now. I know, man. I do too. Oh, to get, maybe we should but, have a couple more phone calls. Me and you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but then there's the whole thing as like, like a lot of sales jobs have like, even when they're on salary and they're making like bonus commissions, you're still working on a commission. Yeah. Because if you can't sell, you're going to get fired. Yeah. So there's like, there's always kind of a, like with selling, like even, yeah, if it's only, yeah, you're going to get fired if you can't sell anything. So it's kind of an interesting uh, thing like that. But again, I don't even like, I don't even think that way. I always try to think uh, the other way. So what's Um, the other way? Just like uh, the other way is just like, you know. I guess just progressing conversations and sales and relationships uh-huh. and not about like, what if I don't do this? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah no, yeah, you're yeah. like, I'm going that you, well, you said you want to like the get ahead strategy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, you're mm-hmm. focused on getting ahead, not being behind. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. but yeah, I like that. That's cool. That, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It's the way, I mean, you can reply that to many, many things like, I mean, Friday night, I was, I keep, I haven't gone to any after parties and cause here in Austin, it's like every party you would go to has like a DJ set up. Yeah. So it's like, it's so great. Cause you could just play music everywhere. And that, that's why I like, uh, my kind of like social life right now is cause it's all kind of music and intertwined. Like I won't, like I, I go out twice a week at a minimum and there's like, I'm always DJing, but then I'm always with friends. And sometimes you make friends like, Hey, I'm playing at like, I have one friend who plays at the W hotel and they yeah. just opened up the pool party. And he, we have him at our event sometimes. And he's like, you got to come through the pool party when it opens. And he's like, Hey, the pool's open. Like, why don't you come and hang out and play some music? And it's so casual. Like you just, you show up and, we just start hanging out talking and just take turns DJing. And there's like a whole pool full of people and whatnot. That's so awesome. It's so great. Um, so I have a nice little, uh, kind of balance here in Austin right now with my friends and my activities and kind of my lifestyle. Um, yeah, I I get plenty of sleep and, uh, I live a pretty healthy lifestyle I, I never drink when I DJ, so it like really keeps me uh, in the game and in the zone. And you know, after after like rocking the clubs, I drive home at like two thirty, and I just eat a meal and go to bed. And then I go, "This is great. I'm getting I'm getting ahead just by like you know getting some sleep right now." Oh, absolutely. It's, by not drinking, it starts with not drinking. Then you then oh, you yeah. sleep well because drinking will always. I I never sleep well when I have when I pass that like. 2.5 cocktails range then it's the sleep's bad the next day's bad you know it, it starts yeah. there and it's just like a snowball yeah yeah definitely 
So I, I really watched it with that. And it's easy for me. It's just as easy for me not to drink is as it is to drink, you know, Absolutely. like it's just, I've never had a, a hard time. Like being like, well, you know, I know when, it, when I, when it's appropriate and I should drink or like, you know, I just, I'm not crazy about it, but I, uh, I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. I don't know if I'm at a pool party at the W and I'm DJing, I'm, you can bet your sweet ass that I'm going to be drinking. (laughs) 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 That's, that's like perfect time for me to fucking cut loose. On the other hand, it's like, (laughs) I've been in situations where I'm just not drinking, you know, whether I'm like way into working out and I'm not drinking, then I'm, it's easy to not drink. I agree with you. It's a, it's a switch that is easy for me. And I, it's easy for you too. We can turn it on and off very easily. I feel very lucky to be in that position though, because you know, we, all three of us know people who just can't do that at all. That sucks. That's the thing. It has to be all the way off or all the way on. But yeah, I feel Mm -hmm. lucky to have that. That's so yeah. sick. It makes me so happy that the W Hotel in Austin is open. We used to party at the one in LA a lot. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Channing got kicked out one time. Yeah, I got kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> I stole a drink from a wealthy lady. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was like, very we, I was yeah. very young. This when we were living in ago. LA, we were like super broke. And uh, so, you know, you'll see like tables and they got like 20 drinks on them. It's like, just go grab, yeah, yeah. just go grab one. Just go grab yeah. one. You're sneaking into the cabana. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we used to do that. When you're 21, man. Actually, that's when we met you. We came to like dim mock. I don't know if you remember this, but oh, you yeah. were playing and I was like, Hey dude, uh, I just like went up to you and just said like, you know, Hey, I'm like, you know, a drummer and I like make death metal and stuff. And you were like, dude, I know who you are. You're fucking sick. And then we just kind of, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you were on tour with like Cruella. I think it was, I think it was just that one show. Okay. Word at at Denmark. Denmark was always kind of like special guest galore. And I I never, like I've been in there a few times and I can't like recognize it. Like I have no idea how to get into that room. Like it's like a mystery of where it even was. (laughs) I remember well because we went there every single week around that year. Like we saw Charlie XCX before she blew up in that room. There were like 10 people there. Very cool. Yeah, a lot of we've seen a lot of cool shit there. But yeah, we saw you with Cruella. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a small room. It was a cool room. Those were good times too. Like 2011. Yep. Those were were great years for that music. Yeah, yeah. You were kind of like right in at the right time i, I feel like like you're kind of mm-hmm. doing your thing i mean I, I think a lot of it with that stuff is kind of like that like i just was really doing my thing like just kind of doing whatever i was interested in and then they're just like kind of like you just kind of get the swell coming behind you yeah i think that's like like the way to do not just music but a lot of things it's just to kind of like poke around what you think you think is interesting because if something is like everyone's talking about something and you're just finding out about it, it's like you ch- you're never going to catch that wave that yeah, you yeah. see people riding. Yeah. yeah you're late. Kind of, you're late at that point. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's how I've, I feel like I've gone, gotten any momentum in my life is like just kind of moving in ways that I thought was interesting. And, you know, sometimes you get to surf and sometimes you just, kind of wait for the next wave yeah. but 
it's, it's, you know, chasing waves that people are surfing already is just like exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I hear that. I mean, I don't, I don't do that myself, obviously just kind of do whatever. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, so is like, so your friend, did you move to Austin during the pandemic or did you move? Cause you, when the last time we saw you, you were living in Reno. You're mm-hmm. not, you're not from Reno, right? No, I'm originally from Huntington beach, California. Okay. So, so you lived in Reno and then you moved mm-hmm. to Austin. When did that happen? And this guy moves around all the time. Dude, he's yeah. elusive. Yeah. I remember, uh, I, I definitely feel like we hung out in Seattle when I yep. lived there too. Yep. Well, you lived was, in Seattle too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. you're, yeah. We hung out in Seattle, Reno, uh, I know that you lived in Lake Tahoe for a while, which is like really weird. It's kind of near, not <laughs> Lake Tahoe, but kind of nearby, like right down the mountain from that. All right. It's oh, actually wow. where my parents live. And that's, that's where I went to high school and whatnot. <clears throat> I'm from oh, okay. Huntington beach, went to high school in Minden, Nevada. Shout out. Okay. And then, uh, moved back to Huntington after <laughs> high school. Okay. Back to Minden, then to Seattle, then to Reno, then yeah. to LA, yeah. then to Minden and now to Austin, Texas. Wow. And, uh, 2019 October is when I moved out here. Okay, so it was right, right perfect before. timing. Yeah, yeah. What? It was nice because I was kind of isolated for a while. So when I first got out here, I just kind of like relaxed for like a few months and just like went out to bars and stuff. And I haven't done that in forever. And then uh, you know that didn't go anywhere. So, but it was fun. And then, uh, but you know, now I think about it, like it's fun. But like the like my life right now is so much more rewarding, which is indefinitely f- more fun. Yeah. Just even just the mind aspect of like, you know, kind of staying on top of things, but then continuing to like visualize ahead, but kind of like anything is just way, like way more fun. Like this, this weekend I haven't really left my apartment I think I went grocery shopping yesterday and I just had like the best weekend. (laughs) (laughs) But is this, is this always the way you've been or are you the way you have been or do you feel like it, like, was there a moment when you decided to like start getting healthy and not drink or start listening to motivational stuff? Did you like have to turn it around or have you always just. Yeah. I mean, I was naturally like this. Yeah. Always mm-hmm. like when growing up, I, I, I remember like a, a moment in like seventh grade where like all of a sudden I just like relaxed in the classroom and like was able to have fun in the environment with the people and in like a positive way, not like in like an annoying, like disruptive way, but just like, you know, you're really kind of adding to the, the room at, and I was aware of it. And then since then, I just was like really, really positive all the time. But I never thought of it as like being positive. I just kind of like thought I just had more fun that way. And I was always kind of like I never really drank or I was not by any means like a partier mm-hmm. growing up. And um, like I remember developing like little philosophies. Like I was always just saying like today's like the best day ever. And like, I I remember having like one philosophy that was like, if I make every day like better than the last, it's just going to keep going like this. And I was like, that's, that's going to be true. And I I started living that, that life and it, it it really 
worked out for me, then, I mean, those, those concepts still will work, but I, you know, I started getting a little older and like, I think like the big movement was I started living by myself. So I wasn't around family or friends as much. My friends were kind of newer and, um, I was getting like 23, 24 and I didn't really know how to like feed myself very well. So I like was just drinking tons of coffee and eating like kind of minimal. I wasn't eating like pizza. I mean, I ate a lot of ice cream, but like I wasn't eating like the worst diet, but it wasn't, it wasn't good. It wasn't enough is what I'll say. And then after like, I think like your natural kind of like hormones when you're young, like you can eat nothing but Skittles and ice cream when you're like 21 and you're just like kicking it. Totally. But there's a certain point where it starts to like really get you. And it took me a few years to kind of figure out that that was like kind of a crucial part. Like I, I just, it took me a few years to kind of get the synergy of like, what makes you in a position to where you could uh, kind of evolve on all fronts. And I, it was really, really hard for me to be positive. And I didn't really even think about it. I remember like someone I was positive and someone was like, Oh, PMA, positive mental attitude. That's sick, dude. And I was like, <laughs> that's a, like, that's a thing people do. And yeah. it kind of like turned me off of it. You know, when like yeah. everyone's oh, raving totally. about some new record and you're like, I'm going to give it like yeah. six months before yeah. I even listen to it. <laughs> yeah. I, I've had that, uh, that whatever that syndrome is uh, at a few times in my life. And I think probably even now I might have it, but I can't think of anything that, I mean, within reason, like I'm never going to like, um, the new Cardi B music, no matter how sick, how hyped it is. You know, you're never going to so? see me dancing in the club. <laughs> I like, I liked wet out. ass pussy. I was down. I'm down. Oh yeah, hell yeah. Man, it's so. I mean, I I didn't like it right away, and it's so overplayed in the clubs. And my friends always play these remixes of it, and like my friend will come up and he's like. He's like, you gotta, you gotta be dancing all the time. And I'm like, you're never going to see me dance to this song. Like, if you want me to dance, I haven't played different music. Yeah, but dude, here's the thing about the clubs here is that there are no clubs open yet in California. Like, we haven't even, there hasn't no, been a, a club since Wet no Ass club. Pussy came out. Yeah, there's no club. So the overplayed Dang. thing, just not one song has been overplayed to me. Like, like the top pop song, yeah, like yeah. somebody that you used to know or whatever, nothing has been yeah. overplayed like that in the last year. So I'm almost like, I, I wish that uh, a song was overplayed. Yeah. 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 You can't wait to go. I'm going to be fucking dropping it to, to <laughs> lop in the club. Yeah. That's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. it's crazy to think about the fact that you're talking about uh, things being overplayed in the club right now and people DJing that just, that is not, vocabulary that we Actually, use in California. Like right yesterday now. we went to, there's like an outdoor, well, there's, there's a place that has a bunch of like restaurants and then there's a big outdoor um, place in the center. Mm -hmm. yeah. And like they had a band out there and there was a ton of people like dancing and stuff to this like Latin band. And that was like the closest thing to a show that I've seen in a year. And I was like, fuck, this is sick. Like there was a bunch of people. Mm. Yeah. You know, it was cool, man. Yeah. It was super cool. Yeah. I remember, I remember the first times we were getting out around people and it was like sick. And then when our club started like really letting more people in, like there was like a weekend where it was like, went from like, we kind of got used to like the limited capacity and they were very strict about it. And then there was like a weekend where it was just like, 
And it was just like unreal feeling with like all these bodies around. I bet. And it's just been that way ever since. I can't and it's, wait. Uh, Maybe. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. It was cool. Like I kept telling like everyone, every time people would come out to our events and like, they were all like, Oh, I can't wait for this to be packed. Cause everyone in Texas is used to like, the biggest shows constantly. Yeah. Texas is crazy. Dude, Texas, it, uh, people roll out to shows in Texas. Like, it's crazy. I don't know if people like around the country, except for Austin. Austin is pretty hyped right now, but even in Dallas, Houston is crazy. Uh, it's crazy. San Antonio. cities are way bigger than Austin, too. Yeah. Like, I went to Houston about a month ago, and when I drove back into Austin. I was like, oh, this is a baby city. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> L.A. is to Houston as Reno is to Austin. Like, that's how it feels. Yeah. It's like, eh, relax, Austin. But it's growing so fast, and yeah, it, yeah. it is – it's crazy here. And there's a lot of, like – yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in Austin, no doubt. But uh, people are always like, I can't wait for this place to be filled out. And I'm like, this is the best time ever right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're never going to be in these clubs with, like, tables all over the dance floor and people just, like – like chilling and, and, and listening to music like this. Like these are the best times and you're going to miss it when it's gone. And, uh, you know, I remember when our club started getting more popular and it was, you know, just more work for like people running around doing stuff. And I remember one time this guy, our friend was like, Oh man, I miss it when it was just like us here. And I'm like, I told you guys, like, <laughs> you should have been enjoying it. Cause you're never going to see that again. Like That's it's a- going to be, crazy for the rest of the time now i mean that's kind of a, um, that's kind of like a metaphor for everything though really yeah 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 i mean yeah i i had a i was kind of banging that drum right from the get-go like everyone was like mm, i'm not gonna be able to do this i'm like yeah but we can do this which you would never do in a million years yeah. unless you couldn't do everything else yeah and yeah. this is gonna benefit us all exponentially than yeah. whatever else you would have been doing anyways because you need to do this because you've been, you've been doing too much. Cause yeah. I kind of like when I got like back to like, but when I was had to swing back into this stuff, I got super isolated when I lived in Reno, I spent like two years where I never did anything, never did anything. Yeah. And it was like the worst. I remember my buddy um, texted me at the beginning of March last year or whenever it was like, you know, they were closing the borders and stuff. And he was like, He's like, Cameron, I don't know anyone more adept for social isolation than you. And I was just like, thanks, man. Like, that's great. Like, I'm glad when you think of isolating, I'm the guy. You're like. Poster boy. Yeah. He's good to go. Yeah. yeah. But I had experience with it. And I kind of knew what I was getting into. And I knew how to kind of, you know, what the, you know, what to look out for and whatnot. Well, I think but, you actually uh, did, like, voice that to me when you <clears throat> you're like yeah i moved because i was like well why'd you move to seattle and you're like uh, i like the weather and i and i kind of just dig like my solitude and i was like dang that's sick i back that yeah, yeah that's like i mean i still do like i like living by myself right now but most people um, hate the weather in seattle and hate solitude so i don't know yeah i thought that was pretty yeah pretty deep <laughs> yeah yeah i still like that i mean even when we get overcast weather here i'm like this is, this is my vibe I but love. I, I don't like. I, I love the sun though. Like I, I love you know yeah. being out in the sun and stuff. So it's hard to like Seattle. Like after a while is a grind. Like after my third year, I was like, I'm ready to leave. Like, um, you know, I don't have any family here. It's hard to get like my juice 
here, you know, just like yeah. what I was taking more than I was, uh, and then it was giving, but again, like I wasn't really, I probably like thinking back, it's like, you could have been doing more, but I mean, that's where you were then. Not yeah. Where you are I don't, now. I wouldn't, I personally don't really think of things like that. There's no, like, this is what I could have been doing then. It's that I didn't do that then. I did what I was actually supposed to be doing then. Yeah. And now I'm, I know I have the knowledge that I have now and I can do that thing now. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no like shoulda, woulda, coulda. No. I don't think yeah. that's a healthy uh, mindset to keep. Well, it's actually the worst. Not at all. It's the yeah. worst possible mindset that you can have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. It's true. Right? I mean, yeah. I think that that's how people end up in like so bitter so angry yeah. uh there's there's so many people you come across in life who are just still talking about things that happened when they were 17 years old and now they're in their 40s and it's yeah. just like man it's just it's oh yeah it's like that erica ba- it's like bag lady erica badu dude you gotta let oh, the yeah. you gotta let the baggage go yeah yeah it's yeah, not healthy I, I, I struggle with that with some people where like you're talking about things going forward and they start bringing up things in the past or like the shoulda, woulda, coulda stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, skip that. It's like, this, it's, this is the point to be looking forward. Like you, you, if you could, if you would have, like, you could have, you would have done it if you were going to do it. Exactly. So you didn't do <laughs> you it. You would have done it. Why is yeah. it, why is it that I could have done this then and not, Oh, I can do this now. This is great. I'm alive. I have a fucking body that I live in and yeah. I can do this now. And the world is so like, we live in such a vast, expansive world and universe that we can do all of these things now. You have the capability. There's no like, I don't know. Life can't be looked at in a way that if you would have done this then, then it would have ended up like that because it's just not true. Yeah, it's you did not do true. this then and now your life is like this. So how can we move forward from here? Uh, I, I, I think the best things in life come from realizing your unlimited potential and opportunity and knowing it's all within you to kind of advance. And when you start following that things start falling into pieces that make you feel like this is how it was meant to be all along. It's very true. You know, mm-hmm. and Damn. I have that kind of all over my life right now. And it's so great. Like everything I could think about that would like drive other people nuts. I just like am super grateful for because it really pushed me where I'm going now. And it's like this backbone of like boundaries that I'm sensitive to. So I can just kind of like ping, ping, ping and just keep going forward. I'm not like running all over the place or going backwards. Like every time I can like feel like uh, I'm going somewhere or I'm like, I just have these boundaries that keep me pushing forward all the time. And they've been established by like things that I think would people would ruin their lives over. And I'm like, I mean, not, not that like I'm, I'm basically just giving some dividends to like how my past experiences have like, really set me up and reinforced who I am at a core. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and those, it's all those about the, having, that's the boundaries you're talking about. Just kind of like what you've set up for yourself. You're like, all right, Cameron doesn't yeah. do, well, do well when he goes too far over there. So we're just going to cut that right off. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. I try to do the same thing. Cause I'm 
like in specific, I'm like kind of a nut. I'll like go off and like just do real random stuff as if it's like the most important thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I'll catch myself doing it now. Like, okay, dude, you're not doing that. Like some random hobby, you know what I mean? I'll just pick up some random hobby and be like, Oh shit, this is it. Like I'm fucking in the zone. And it's like, all right, dude, don't do that. Go like play drums or something. You know what I mean? So that's, that's like a boundary that I kind of set for myself. I, I still don't do that all the way, but I can at least acknowledge it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. I'm, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. I'm sure <laughs> I followed your like, uh, when you built out that van, I'm sure you, after that, you were like, I'm going to build this next. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, you're it's damn straight. Some- yeah. You're damn straight. Well, actually the van <laughs> building thing came about just strictly because of Corona, you know, cause I had like nothing to do really. Like I, 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 you know, I have like a day job or whatever. And like that was canceled for like three weeks. So, but you know, I'm with you, man. The, that whole like time was the best for me. Like I just, best. I had the best. all this time and I was like, fuck yeah, man. And I know people, most people would say like, oh, well you weren't making money and you might have, and I was just kind of like, whatever, man, if I lose, <laughs> yeah. who cares? That, that's honestly well, why I did the van. Yeah, I know. I feel like when people are faced, well, me specifically, us, when we're faced with uh, situations like that, where it's like, could be terrible, actually good things come out of that pressure. Yeah. It's like when, oh, yeah. if there's the possibility of like not having money to do this or for rent or whatever, really good things come out of that That's space. True. Yeah, totally. Out oh, of that, yeah. that necessity to that need to move forward. And that's what, that's what my whole mindset was there. I was like, well, I don't know if I have a job anymore, so I'm going to like set this van up all sick and then me and Chaney will just piece the fuck out. And it's like, cool. We got like at least a place that we own, you know, we own the van. It's not like financed anymore or anything. Yeah, so no. it's like, it's a free house. Yeah. I was like, well, it's that, not free. We'll we, paid fucking, we paid for you know? it, I'm but like, we'll it's, we, we own there, it now. You know? That's, that's kind of what, what my mindset was there. And then it just wound up being really fun and, you know, we didn't lose our house obviously. So that's the whole story there, I guess you could say, but yeah, that's pretty yeah. much all I did for like three weeks. <laughs> Any, anytime I talk to someone and I'm all like ramped up about like something I want to talk to them about, or like, you know, brainstorm about some cool thing. And they start like bringing up the, just like that, like all like the self-limiting thinking that was so infectious last year. I'm yeah. just like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, like that's, you can't even say that. You're, you're literally like going way back and people who are like me and us who aren't thinking like that. They are flying ahead, and like this, there's gonna be a little bit of a reper- there's gonna be a massive repercussion to like many many things last year, and it's gonna take years, I think, to really kind of resonate. Because I remember when I took time off, it took years to kind of see and feel, yeah. And then you gotta swim, and then you gotta you gotta get going again, and it's just it's way harder. And I, I know there's gonna be a lot of people who are like, don't even realize that they've been sitting still because of just the way they've been thinking about things. And yeah. it, it, I don't know. I feel for them, but like at the same time, the best way to like feel for them and do something about it is just to be like, do what I need to do. Cause yeah. I'm going to not trying to like, yeah, eventually I'm trying to like be a good, um, like when you kind of experience me or connect to me, you're going to feel good about it. And, 
that's kind of where I'll start giving back is not from like trying to level out with everybody on some like empathetic way when like they, they, they really just need to like kind of, um, get start, you know, and get exposed to people who, um, you know, basically are just doing it. Maybe be inspired. They need the inspiration. They need inspiration more than empathy. Probably. It's like people learn more by example than by you saying that they should do better. Oh yeah. It's just, Oh yeah. It's so important too. Yeah. I think the, uh, the reverse is very toxic and terrible for people, you know, and then it gets perpetual and then they like, they, they buy it and then they own it. it's like, eesh, you know, you gotta get, it's, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're just gonna burn that way. You're just gonna get burned and you're gonna burn and you're gonna be burning others. And you probably think about other people in a weird way. And you think other people are thinking about weird things. It's just like, eesh, you know, <laughs> you gotta get out of it. I love it, dude. And I like what you're saying that you're, you're like, oh, I didn't even know that I was being positive, you know, because then it becomes like a scene or like a thing, you know, like our, our friend coined it as toxic positivity. Yeah. You know? And I was like, yeah. yeah." All of a sudden you're sharing quotes in your story on Instagram and you've become like a, just you're, you don't even think that way, but you think that by posting that thing, it will like manifest it to other people that that's how you are. Like I'm the positive person now. And that's when it becomes hella toxic. It's yeah. just about living it. Whereas what you're saying is like, if you just see what you're all about, you're like, damn, Cameron's positive. I want, I want to be like that. You know, or you might not even put it into words, but just be like inspired by what you're doing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You just feel better. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I agree. And, that, and, that, and I, and I totally agree with that, you know, not being so, super like in everyone's face and like vocal about it, but it's like. I want to be the same exact way, you know, and I think we say that all the time. Like if you check in with me or check in with what we're doing, it's like, dang, I, that's cool. They're like doing their thing, you know, and, and that's, that's obviously the type of people that inspire me. Yeah. You know, same. Sure. Not necessarily just like barking yeah. positive stuff at me, quote unquote. <laughs> I don't yeah. Think it's I genuine. feel like you guys would relate to this. Like, I feel like recently I kind of uncovered, like, I think my, my, my true big mission mission that is going to like guide my bigger visions of kind of how I want to contribute through music. And it's by kind of being an inspiring person that doesn't like, like you said, you just kind of like, you were just living it. You're walking it. And the, the music is kind of a vessel for people to connect with you. And then once they find you, they can kind of get exposed to that and benefit from it. Absolutely. You know, and I feel like you guys are doing something very similar, you know, definitely. like I you're mean, making music and you be, you be, you put yourself out there. Yeah, definitely. You know? Definitely. I mean, and I've said like, I've, I mean, I've been pretty open, I guess, about it. Like, yeah, the main thing that I would want to do is help people, you know, because like without really totally cognizing that that's what all these sick musicians have done for me you know they've helped Mm -hmm. me they've helped me Mm -hmm. if i was maybe i was working at a job i hated that day but i got to listen to like some sick death metal record on the way there you know it's like (laughs) you know that makes my day way better you know or 
whatever, but it has helped. So I identified that, like kind of like what you were saying, like when you were younger, you kind of identified like, hey, I'm going to be positive. Like I, I haven't done that yet, but I, I, I've, I have identified like I want to help people in some way, you know, and not, and not in a corny way, but just like deliver something cool where they're like, dang, that's awesome. You know, that's, yeah, that's what I want to do the, for sure. The way I always look at that is like, I always look at it in terms of like help as in value. Like I'm always trying to bring something like a value and it's, that's where it gets kind of interesting. Cause you, you think about like, how can I like not help people, but like, I don't think of it in terms of like helping people, but just how can I give them something? It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, that's yeah, that's just a different word. Really? That's a, that's a, yeah. more, actually that's just a more descriptive way of putting it for sure. Like, I want to give people something of value for sure. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Like when you're jamming that sick death metal, you're, it's like, it's really putting you in like this mental space. That's kind of like, it's somewhere where you're not. And that your mental space, like is a very real place in, in terms of like your experience and also how, like not just your experience inside, but also you know, like what's ever going on in your, in your mind is kind of like what's really going on in your life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One, so it's oh, like if, I mean, one hundred percent. There's no difference, obviously. There's no, no distinction. So, yeah, and that's a that's a cool thing to kind of like translate into music. And music is one of the coolest things like that. I think it. I've been thinking about this a little bit lately. Like, like it, I think it has to do with that. It's vibrational. Yeah. And like, there's like a like a, you, know, you guys familiar with like quantum physics and quantum science and stuff about how like everyone's connected because everything's like a vibration and people who are vibrating similarly, like just get connected. Yeah. yeah. And like, that's how like, you can like, you can like think of someone and they'll like call you or like, Oh, I was yep. just thinking about you. It's like, you guys are just kind of yeah, yeah buzzing together. Like I think about this at the club all the time, like about, and you could experience it when you're listening to music too. Like when the different song or the songs like really kind of create the atmosphere for like, which everything is kind of like pulsed on. And I think it, uh, yeah. because it's so close to the human soul music is, I think it really allows like a lot of people to connect that normally wouldn't be able to connect unless there was like the same thing being played. Yeah. And I, I've, I really noticed like how you can kind of like keep that going like this or when it's like the wrong song, like you could quickly tell, like it's like people might not be super familiar with it or aware of it, but I'm very sensitive of like, this is not the, the right. I'm incredibly, even, (laughs) even playing in playing metal. uh, I, notice it every time I feel like I almost feel the crowd too much sometimes because if I like feel a a vibe like okay this isn't the song then it I can feel that I feel when other people feel that it isn't the song and it will affect like the live set the songs we play the songs we write you know yeah it's well I think that's a gift and that's why you're in the position you're in is because you have the heightened sensitivity of it that you 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 want to contribute, you are contributing and you're very sensitive to like the vibrational feedback, I guess, of like kind of acknowledging what people not 
might not be totally conscious of, but they're definitely subconsciously affected by it because you can tell. Yeah. 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 And that, that's, that's what I thought was so cool about DJing and electronic music and, and, and all that. It's like, it's a skill on like a different level, you know, because I remember like in the 2010, 11 era when it was like really blowing up, you know, and everyone would, you know, people would like talk shit about it and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, yeah, they don't understand though. You know, they don't get it. It's like you're guiding the, this whole, this thing. You the know? DJ, and you, yeah. Yeah, and you could fuck it up. And there's a difference between somebody who gets on there who's like really good at it and someone who's not. And if you've ever like been to any sort of DJ show, you'll know exactly what I'm Yeah, I feel about. like it's even more, it's super noticeable in electronic and dance music because there is a a concrete shift in the room. Either people are dancing and feeling your music or it's like the song turns on and it's like, oh, we aren't feeling, there's no like. like, oh, like Naveen's on the decks. <laughs> <laughs> there's no like, there's no rhythm to drive people and people respond to that very quickly, whether they know it or not. The dancing, it starts quickly and yeah. it stops quickly. And that was something that, you know, when Naveen, when Naveen would DJ or when I've seen people DJ, that's something that I like notice right away. It's just crazy how how obvious that shift is compared to the shift if you're playing yeah. um, a metal show, because we're not going to switch our set. And like the goal of the metal band is not to make the room move. It is, but it isn't. Yeah, you, yeah. If the room isn't moving, it's not like a this isn't working type vibe but if the room isn't working for a dj then it's i'm switching the song this isn't yeah, working yeah. you know mm -hmm. it's so so obvious and what you said like i'm thinking of they are like you know car buy like they're there to buy you know they want it to be sick mm -hmm. so you should be mm -hmm. able to make something yeah. happen there pretty quick you know but i don't know yeah <laughs> I've definitely noticed it when I've been doing this podcast I've been doing lately where it's, it's just basically I pick six tracks and talk over it. And yeah. like, I'll it's get sick, in like it's a sick, whole by the train way. of thought. I, like I'm way into your Yeah, podcast. we've watched yeah. a few. Thank you, man. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah I appreciate I have a, it. I'm not like up to date because I wanted to start like at the first one, you know, and then uh, I actually <laughs> found out about some, a band that I'm way into because of you on that on that podcast. <laughs> well, I went awesome. back and listened to the yeah. latest Abigail Williams because of you, and I was, yeah. that that record is fucking up incredible, dude. So good. Yeah, that's so great. That's so great. That's that's it's literally like the best thing I've like I, I've I've had a lot of encouragement with it, and it's all been kind of like similar stuff like that, and that's that's like kind of what I like about it, and as far as like putting it out there and, and getting it to mix with people, you know, it's just, mm -hmm. it's been a really positive experience, but when I'm doing it, I notice if I'm talking or getting on like a thought train and the song changes, even if it's like the same type of music, it's like, uh, I can't, I, I can't keep going that direction anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, or when you're talking with someone in the car and they just change the song randomly and you're like, why'd you do that? Like, yeah. Dude. It's, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I've with DJing too. Like I've put on songs cause we're at this club we're playing at with our, like our most popular club. We pretty much just play house okay. and like house is best 
when you let it play all the way out pretty much. Yeah, so yeah. you'll that play like sense. six to like four to six to seven minute long tracks and you just let them play. Like you just pick, pick good songs and they're going to work. Like yeah. you don't need to be doing a bunch of stuff. You don't need to, I think when DJs are changing songs all the time, I'm like, these guys are too anxious. Yeah. Like, yeah. Everybody's listening to this. Like right. quit changing the song every five seconds. Yeah. Yeah. But I put on tracks where like, I could feel like, Ooh, maybe that's, maybe that's like the way it hit initially. Isn't like, like people are like, Whoa, but like, I have like, I know that like the, I know this track is gonna. Oh, you're like you're you're gonna like you're gonna get into it. Trust me, just yeah, just hold on a yeah. Hold on and a and by like that third or fourth <laughs> drop, it's like that place is just like obsessed with it. Wow, like, it's yeah. it's the best. Like kind of like knowing of like this isn't the track. This is not gonna get any better. Like abort, abort, or like mm, like let them have it. You know, like this is this is gonna this is gonna warm up. They're gonna warm up to it. They're gonna like it. So it's a uh, House is like the most interesting thing in the world to dabble with as a DJ with, with that kind of thing in mind. It's like the most formatted, but also I think the most like buzzy, like it just creates like the best buzz in the room to me. Yeah, I don't know what it is about it. It's, I mean, I, I've been into it for a long time, but lately I'm like, cause I've been DJing every week. We've been getting deeper and deeper it enables you to get deeper into it. Like when you're playing every week, it's like you just start digging for tracks and it's like it, you kind of have like, you get something from like just expanding the catalog. So it's been, it's been a real blessing being able to do this and kind of like explore house in like a proper way. So how do you find um, uh, your tracks and stuff? Beatport. Beatport. Still Beatport. Yeah. Beatport is still rolling after still all these. Wow. It's never been better. Wow. It's the best place to find new music. It's like it's just so optimized and everything you find, you can buy right away. And yeah, DJs yeah. make charts and stuff. So there's like always unique playlists from like your favorite DJs or like, here's like my favorite tracks right now. And it's like all those just provide like wonderful tangents. It's, yeah. it's nuts. That's sick. It's nuts. I have to start getting back into it. I was like exclusively SoundCloud for a number of years. Like all I would listen to is SoundCloud. That was it. Yeah, it's 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 a uh, SoundCloud no go for me. I, I know can't. now it's so so shocked because there's like ads and all kinds of weird shit. Like I check I'll check in every once in a while and I'm just like, what's going on here? This thing is it's kind of fucked up and it's. I think like the type of music has shifted for no, sure. No, yeah, like a few weeks ago you were playing a bunch of tracks off of uh SoundCloud and like none of them were very good. <laughs> there weren't any. It was I mean it was weird because I remember back in the day there would be consistent oh, dude, it was good tracks coming time. from SoundCloud. Beatport has always like I haven't looked at it in years, yeah, but it was either. where I found out about those sick new stuff like 10 years ago or so. That's awesome that it's, it's still cool. Like, I'll see. It's it's interesting because they'll they'll be like really really big DJs that are like they make great music, like top line music, and they play. They have residencies all over the world, but they won't have like a lot of action on Spotify. But yeah. like, you know, every once in a while you see like number one on Beatport, and it's like no way. Like they're like they're. Oh wow! It's just crazy how it works and how yeah. there's like like some of these DJs. It's like people know them as a DJ and they're contributing to like the culture from a producer standpoint, mm -hmm. but people aren't like, 
but like they're not putting out records that people are are like like a you know like listenable music it's kind of like strictly right. party music and it's it's really interesting I, i'm a, I, I, it's it's really i don't know I, it, i've been getting really really into dance music in terms of just like thinking of it just from like distributing to djs and playing parties yeah like going forward i don't even want to play like i'll go places and play sets like i'm going to denver and playing a couple sets in may it's kind of a cool uh, format. I'm doing two shows in one night, both 90 minute sets. So at, I think that's kind of at neat. the same place. Yeah. Like there's that's just like one sick. show and then it clears out and there's another show. I know because of, uh, uh, restrictions with, the uh, um, people in the room, but, uh, like I want to do stuff where it's like, I'd have a full hour set Yeah, and I like, I'll go and I'll, I'll play from 10 to two. So it's like, maybe there's an opener at nine to 10, yeah. Just as like things are getting set up and stuff. Yeah. But like at 10 o'clock, it's like, I'm going to be there the whole time. So it's like, I'll be, I'll be like opening and then building the room yeah, and then yeah. kind of taking the room down. Like the whole night you could just hang out basically. And I'll be playing the music all night instead of like a one hour set where you're supposed to like cram all this stuff in. Yeah. It's, yeah. DJing in the States for, the, for like the past decade, especially like the status of EDM, not ne- not necessarily like club culture, but EDM became like rock music. Yeah. Oh, like, totally. Like watching people like, would like stand there and like stare up at like a guy behind the, the computer yeah. or whatever. And the yeah. DJs yeah. would play a set and they would play that same set in like 50 different uh, cities mm-hmm. and on a tour. And it's like, you know, I mean, that's cool and all there's, there's a, place for it and you know obviously it's a thing but like that's not what like the like the depth of dance music i know it's like the origins of it but it's like that's the thing i like about a lot of dance music too is there's always like that origin purist thing like with tech house there's like a poppy element that's really big and there's you know people go off on like the the tribal stuff but there's always going to be like a like core minimalist purist thing that is always going to be serviceable and growing, even though it's just staying what it is. And the parties kind of reflect that. And uh, so, yeah, I think there's a, there's definitely a, I mean, it's been in the States. A lot of these things were like kind of founded in the States, which is interesting to think about, but I kind of want to take it back there and kind of like following up about an earlier question with like, how, why am I getting into like these other, like, like, uh, kind of like bringing, bringing my time and, and value to other things and pl- places and people that isn't through music. And um, like, I, I want to have like a more stabilized life Yeah. in some ways. And I think it'll give me a lot more like artistic freedom to kind of do the things I want to do the way yeah. I want to do them and not be like compromised by like, mm-hmm pressure of like trying to make everyone like something or trying to make everyone like me or, or any, like, I feel like I'll just be myself more if I'm like, yeah, don't care. There's no, it's not like marketing driven. You're doing something that you love because you love it and having a job, which for the record, I'm about that as well. Like people, I've been asked before, like, so are you just the type of person who would give up like every fucking thing to be like the most successful musician you could ever be? And my, or is that, do you have a plan B? And my answer has always been like, I, 
I don't have a plan B, but there, I have a million plan A's. Like I like to do a lot of different things and I'm not going to, I don't think that, that pushing all of my, my time into being the most successful and famous musician, that's not like, that doesn't take me to the place that I wanted to be with music. I'm like an underground musician at heart and I want to play the style of mu music that I want to play. And I think that that's kind of where you're coming from. It's like, you just want to, you just want to be big chocolate. The like fucking guy who DJs six things that you think are sick. You produce things you think are sick and, and you don't want there to be like this in industry pressure to make what's hot right now or to do what's hot right now. Like it's about you being the, the leader of your own movement. Like uh, you're doing what you do in your life. And I, I I love that a lot because I think that that's important for people to remember. It doesn't, you don't have to be like the the richest, most successful person playing arenas in the world. But what is important is that you're doing what you fucking love to do. That's the most mm -hmm. important thing. And no matter what you have to do to do that, like all of it is good. Just look at it as this is what I do. And I do this because I love it so that I can do other things that I love. Yeah. It's not about, mm -hmm. it's not about the fucking rock star thing. That's not what it's about. Like if you're going to hate, mm -hmm. it, it's like for me, I'd rather hate like my day job than like hate my passion. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, like the whole like rock star mentality and like you're doing it cause you love it. It's like when I'm in these clubs, like I love like, like I, I know the DJ is important cause of like the stuff we were talking about before, but like, everybody is just as important as me in that scenario. Yeah. And like, I, I really go in there. Like that's just my attitude in general right now. Like everyone is, the dancers are so important. You know, the security is so important. The bartenders are so important. Like everyone behind the scenes, the promoters, like the owners, like they're so important. And like what you're doing is like a reflection of acknowledging that and it just creates the best energy like yeah. when when people can tell that it's like that's your your position on it and they they can just tell that you're just like friendly and approachable and yeah. that you're kind of you're, you're you're just having a good time and you know yeah. so I, I i really like that uh kind of perspective going into like the rooms and stuff is like i'll get in conversations with people and like you, you, you connect and you can, they, you connect on like the same aspects that you connect with other musicians yeah. and like, you both get it. Like you both get like the music and what it is and how the experience and everything. And then like they, you know, it'll come up like that you are a DJ or something. And they're like, Oh, that's so cool. And they instantly start pushing you out. Oh, yeah. Like, Oh, I'm just yeah. like, I just dance or I'm a dancer. I do this. I'm involved in this kind of performance art. I'm like, it's the same thing. Like we're, we're literally on the same yeah, level right now. Like yeah. there's, there's not, there's not that thing you're trying to There's create. no hierarchy of artist versus uh, venue staff versus anyone else it takes to put on a show. Some people, mm -hmm. in some people's mind there are, there are people who go in and treat like everyone working the show or the promoter or the, even their management or whatever. They treat them really horribly but that's not it's it's a complete team effort. And that's something that even through this pandemic, it's like, look at all the venues that are closing. It's obvious it's a team effort because those venues aren't going to be able to be played anymore. 
the promoter is not going to be able to promote show. Like promoters are so fucking important, probably oh, more yeah. important than the artist because the promoter is who's paying the artist, who's getting the artist there, who's trustworthy enough to have people go to the club that they're promoting at. You know, it's, there's no hierarchy. Artists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But in a different way, I don't want to fucking promote a show. I do no, not want to do that. And whoever does do that, I'm so thankful for because I don't want to put up <laughs> with that shit. No. The good promoters are really great visionaries. And when they build events, like they, they just have like, they, they know how things should flow and they know yeah. like how to mobilize it. So it's this type of experience. And uh, they think every time they're always like learning and thinking about how they're going to do the next one and who they want to bring out for the next their their next shows their dream shows and stuff like they're they're just as they're putting just as much like visionary experience work as it is anyone else like they're basically like djing with artists like yeah. this person's gonna go then this person's gonna go and like it's gonna be at this club and oh, it's gonna wow. be great like, yeah let's make it happen it's like a macro they also macro dj also, the best promoters I've ever met are the ones who treat every artist across the board like they're the artist selling the venue. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. might be drawing 15 people, but if the promoter brings you like a case of beer and treats you like a fucking artist, then you feel like a rock star that day. So it's like it works on all sides. It's awesome. It works on all sides. The artist who treats everyone like they're equal, the promoter who treats everyone like they're equal, that that's where problems arise when people like look down on others. Yeah, like, exactly. If the promoter were like, I'm not getting you shit. You didn't draw anyone. It's like, well, then you're remembered when that person in, or those people are drawing hundreds of people, you know, it works. It works from all sides. And the, the beautiful symbiotic relationship that can come from everyone at a venue and the artist and ev the crew working together. It's a really, really beautiful thing that can be really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. I, yeah, that's like what I always loved about going to like punk and hardcore shows when I was younger. They, you know, like they'd play on the floor. You know, it'd be the art, yeah. like the band would oh, be yeah. like, "Yeah, we're all the same and up in here." And I remember like bands saying that on the mic, and I was like, "Dang, that's fucking sick!" Yeah, you know, like I want to <laughs> be like that. You know, that's really cool. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. It had that sort of impact on me when I was younger and stuff. So I always keep that mentality. Yeah. Now, as an adult, yeah, I guess you could say. Yeah, I remember one time I saw Graf Orlock at Chain Reaction when I was like 20 years old, I think, maybe 19, and they like they're they the headlining band, and like they just set up in the middle of the room, and I was yeah. like, "This is the craziest thing <laughs> yeah, I've ever yeah, seen." Yeah. Sick. Yeah, like that's <laughs> it was so sick. When a band would do that, it's like, like the sickest band ever. I know. Like I remember, I saw uh, I was a little older than that, but I saw that band Lightning Bolt. You remember that band? I need to look into them. Dude, you'd probably <laughs> actually really love them. They're, like, really weird. But they... <laughs> you seem like a guy who's into weird <laughs> shit. So they won... They won dude, book. they won up what uh, you're saying. They... Well, I saw them in uh, in New York, actually. Like, my old band Animosity was, like, recording on the East Coast. And we took a train, like, overnight to go see Lightning Bolt. And they fucking... <laughs> There was a venue going on and a show going on, right? And then they're like, oh, that's cool. Not only did they set up on the... <laughs> they set up, like, in the corner and the uh, and didn't use the PA or anything. Like, just oh. 
went fucking really? rogue, dude. And it was like <laughs> this. Dude, it was the. It's just like a two piece band, like a drummer and a bass player. And it's like, it's just really heavy, like crazy. I don't know how to even explain it. But that was like, I mean, that was just one of the best nights of my life. I, I straight up started crying. You know what I mean? I was like moshing all that, covered in sweat, just like a, ma- a madman, you know? But, I mean, it sounds like your favorite thing in the world. Two people, yeah, just yeah. the heaviest thing in the world. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just, dude, it was the best night ever, you know? And then we took the train back up to, we were like recording in uh, Boston, or not Boston, but Maine or whatever. No words. Anyway, that was an insane night. Let's put it that way. That's awesome. That's, yeah. I, Rock and rock and roll, you know. <laughs> I, I think that's that's like an element too. It's like I think about that when when with DJs too. Like if some equipment doesn't work and like someone's like freaking out, I'm like, so what? Rock and roll, like yeah, yeah. Right. make make it happen, you know. Yeah. Like what are you gonna do? You know, just do it. You oh, know, yeah, totally get it done. So do you just roll up to venues with like a flash drive? Is that how you're how you're working with? Uh, yeah. That's what kind of load in I'm talking about. Well, so what dude. do they ha- they have like a <laughs> CDJs there, and you're yeah. you're fucking um, you're plugging. Well, in. we have we go to one club where we bring our own CD CDJs, and like our crew has like probably like six or eight CDJs all does between your, us. Does your crew have a name? Uh, yeah, get uh, lifted. Lifted. Yeah. All right. Yeah, sick. that's the name of the parties we're playing. Um. It started by Crisley. He started doing like a party called Lifted years ago. Oh, I've heard of Crisley. You know? yeah, yeah, okay. Sure. Totally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm looking and up plane tickets after this episode. I know. By it's way, like dude. I'm, I'm like, trying to come out, to. Yeah. So how, <laughs> how many parties do you do a week? Three? I'm trying to be in Austin. Two. Okay, I'm trying to be in Austin for a week and go to two parties. Oh, no. What days of the week? Yeah. What days of the week <laughs> yeah, are we talking days? about? We do Thursday and Friday right oh, now. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, I'm, we're, I think we're going to start limiting our Thursday one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's at like a a bigger venue and it just like. What venue? It's, it's called the Mark in San Marcos. Yeah. Okay. It's uh they have like a lot of EDM shows, but it kind of feels like a rock venue. It's really neat. But um, it like our style approach there is way too open format. So like every week we're just kind of coming at it with different stuff and it's been a really fantastic playground because i've gotten into like so that's where i play rap music that's where i played a lot of drum and bass i've played dubstep there we play house music there too um but we we definitely experience and experiment experiment a lot so you kind of get what you put into it but it's just not as it's not nearly on the level as our one in austin on friday nights where we're playing house so we, we kind of want to limit it um stop doing the Thursdays and it just focus on the Fridays going forward, oh, word. which is just a house one. And then I, I, I think it, it just, just going to open up more time because it, it takes like a, I don't know, it's like a whole afternoon and evening and you're out late and then you got Friday the next day and we could be all getting just ready for Friday every week. But it's like, it's made us animals. Like, like I could DJ forever, any style right now. Like I, it's, it feels good. It's because we've been doing so much. Yeah. So, you've been working out. But, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. When, when you guys come through, we'll have to. I'll have to like. Uh, we'll have to go to like an after party yeah, and yeah. try to like Same play thing. and stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. I never, I haven't gone to after parties in a while. Those are like the real parties. 
Yeah. Well, Those are the real parties. It's true. Yeah. For sure. So where's so, where's your Friday night party? What club are the those at it's called summit it's a rooftop lounge in uh, off fifth street downtown it's an awesome club does it have a like bar underneath it as well there's like a little club bar underneath it i feel it's like called, we might have been there i can't remember red dragon is below it is it like half indoor half outdoor like they open huge doors and it feels kind of outdoors on the bottom i might be thinking no. the wrong place yeah, I think you. I'm trying. I that sounds familiar. There are a lot Wait, of what spots street is in it Austin. You're saying Fifth Street. Oh, it's on Fifth, Fifth Street. Okay. It's kind of yeah. It's yeah. kind of more west than like that that Sixth Street area that everyone's kind of used to who yeah, visits yeah. Austin over the years. Gotcha. Um, is the reason that you went to Austin because of because you knew that there were hella people there who were interested in things that you're interested in? Yeah. Um, well, it was interesting. Like as I started to kind of like come to my own again, I started traveling a little bit again. And when I would go to these cities, I'd get that like feeling again. And I, yeah. I remember going to Philly and being like, Ooh, you get that, that kind of like, I want to be a part of, you start getting inspired and you start wanting to like be there. Yeah, And I, I got that in San Francisco too. I was like, Ooh, this is, it's pretty cool. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> I knew I just didn't want to move back to California or Seattle. And I always thought of myself as like a West Coast exclusive person. Yeah. And so I started like thinking about all these other cities. And Austin just had like no cons and only pros on it. Um, it was kind of boiling down to Austin, Denver, or Chicago. And I just like... I, there's no way I wasn't going to pick Austin. Well, Denver and Chicago I, have the winter aspect going yeah. on. They do. Which I would. They do. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. And that. I feel like they'd feel more foreign. Like, I feel like I'm a, I just feel better in like the Southwest. I kind of thought Texas was like its own like thing. I kind of had like a Southwestern Texas vibe. Yeah. But when I got here, I was like, oh, this is the South. Like you're living in the South now. Like way to go. You just randomly moved to the South. Um, so I remember like five days after being here, I was like, like it kind of, it hit me. Like I started seeing Southern things and I was like, wait a second. Like I thought I was in Texas. This is, this is like, this is the South. And uh -huh. yeah. everyone was like, yeah. And I was like, I had like a day where I was like, oh my God, can't believe I moved to the South, but <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. So I, I like like, um, yeah, being on the south, the south of the states. I oh, like, yeah, yeah. I love it. Like, be, I like being near Mexico. I like like Southern California. I like Arizona. I like New Mexico, and yeah. I like Texas. Totally. That's 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 the gang. That's what the, what the, about the Mexico? Right what about there. Mexico keeps you uh, magneted to the country? <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's just like culturally one of the most like influential things on my life or like uh, I think and just on the states in general yeah so that's like I why I that. say my life is just like you know like in California it's like it's very California you know it's very like USA but like part of that is like that it's new and that it's kind of like a like it's a new thing and there's just like you know, everyone's kind of there at like one time and mm -hmm. the Mexican influence is the strongest thing 
around. It's true. It's true. I mean, it's every true. every place here is named after a Mexican something Mexican. Every mm-hmm. town, every street, uh, everything. There are taquerias mm-hmm. on every corner. They're huge. I love it. Yeah, I, it's amazing. Yeah, I love Mexico. Um, I've only been once. Uh, I've only been to Mexico City. That's awesome. Mexico City's crazy. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, how long were you there? We were only there for, we played that festival, Domination Mexico. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. but Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I remember when you guys were down there. Yeah, so we went down there. for two days. I was kind of bummed. We should have made a, an entire vacation out of it. But we stayed for two days and just, yeah. you know, we have some friends that are from Mexico City and just like, Boom. There's just fucking That's- something that I love about the the Mexican thing. It's like they're so about enthusiasm. Yeah, I, yeah. they're just so <laughs> about friends and hanging out and having a good time and just like it, I, I don't know, man. And they love metal down there. It was so great. Yeah. They do. I'm always the- reviewing that on my podcast. I'm always like checking the about on Spotify of like where people are listening to these bands at. And Mexico yeah. city is like always number one. Mexico yeah. city. I know they have a lot of people there, but they got good taste. Down yeah, there. The, oh, yeah, Dude, Mexico yeah. city is consistently our number one, uh, follower place on Instagram. Like there are just so a sick. ton of people there who are in, like we got off the plane <clears throat> in Mexico city and there were people standing outside who knew who we were, who were waiting for us to autograph their stuff. It wasn't like they were just waiting for the rock stars, they, the huge rock stars, because Alice Cooper was on the same plane as us. But they knew when we were getting off, we were like, okay, they're going to ask Alice Cooper for his autograph, and they're not going to know who yeah, we are. They'll have no idea. But they knew. They were standing outside of the airport, and I, that's like one of the times in my life that I've been like, okay, I'm like, this is rock star shit. Signing autographs <laughs> yeah. outside of an airport, it was just so surreal. And there were posters all over the city for Domination Mexico, which in the States, it wouldn't be like that. It's just not mm-hmm. the same thing at all. I mean, yeah. there was yeah. posters like everywhere. Everywhere. Like it was <laughs> it's, just, it's just a different vibe, man. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, if you guys have a friend down there, like that's that's where it's like that's your pass is like yeah. having a friend. Yeah. If you don't have a friend, I wouldn't know. I, I mean, there's just so much variety of like what you like. I I don't know where you even begin. It's not like I don't. I I feel like it's like it's tourist friendly, but it's also not like you kind of need like. At least I felt when I go to Mexico that I've always like felt like I've had the best experience because I've have a friend there. Yeah. And they like totally. kind of like guide your experience and whatnot. Yeah. But I, I've, I've always thought it would be like a really wild place to like free for all explore. Yeah. I agree. Like, oh, I wouldn't know what to do. It's just too... <laughs> You're gambling with that one. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. I guess we, we like stayed at a hotel and then we kind of just, it was in like right in the city. You know what I mean? So we kind of just, walked around there and stuff and, and i mean if ate. you have like money if you have a little if take take a grand down to mexico and you're a fucking king queen for it for a while everything's yeah, the beer being like insanely cheap yeah the food i remember like we had food was like kind of average i don't know we had like a crazy taco we meal did. that was like eight dollars yeah we did have a crazy taco meal. yeah it's not tacos av- like they'll be like a dollar maybe less than that. And like, sometimes I pay like $5 for 
four dollars for t- tacos here. I'm like, this yeah. is crazy. Mexico is heaven. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It re- I, dude, I, it's fucking yeah, it heaven. Awesome. I love it. I love it. We have uh there's always been like Mexican people in my family too. So like my family's my mom's side is Irish and Norwegian and my dad's side is Spanish, like from Spain. Um, but they're both sides are Catholic oh, and yeah. they're, they, they like congregated in Southern California. So there's like, like they've married, there's just Mexicans in my family and like, like people have married Mexicans from the, you know, the, the Catholic bond, which is huh. just very familiar. It's a cultural thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, like I've just, I've just always loved, me- uh, Mexico and Mexicans and yeah, it just, I never, I don't know. It's been all, it's been like, like I said, it was like, it's been like one of the more in, in, influential things on my life, which is cool. I'm super like proud of it. Proud of Mexico, even though I've never lived there or whatever. Yeah. My girlfriend's <laughs> actually Mexican too. Right? Oh really? Where's she <clears throat> yeah, from? Which is awesome. Mexicali. Oh, she lives okay. there right now. Oh wow. Did you yeah. guys meet through music? No, we didn't. How did you meet? We met, uh, the Catholic connection. We're both Catholic. Oh. Whoa. Wait, so are you a practicing Catholic? I am. So you go, you, you participate every week. Yeah. Wow. I go to mass. I go to mass every week. Wow. It's kind of like, yeah, I was raised that way. And I never really like veered far from it, but I never really like, you know, like I, I don't know. Like my parents are very like they they raised as Catholic. My mom's very Catholic. My family's very Catholic. But like they like my mom, she kind of like wanted us to just have it in like our bag when we left the house. Like yeah. all right, you, you have this, you know, it's in your back this, pocket. This thing, yeah. <laughs> and uh, like after I just like I never really like went far from it or like I never went to church really ever. I mean, it was kind of like a comfort place every once in a while. But like it wasn't really like a uh, a big part of my life, and then last year I just well I kind of like knew when I when I knew I wanted to it was it's kind of weird how I like I got back into it but I knew I knew I wanted a Catholic family like I'm that was one of the reasons I wanted to like kind of diver, diversify my life and for stability was that I was like all right I really want a family like bad. And like if this pandemic, if I had a family during it, they, it would have crushed us. Like yeah. I squeaked by, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, but yeah. if I had like kids and a wife, we would have been, we would have been crushed. And I was like, all right, like, you know, let's, let's set it up to where you don't have to like worry about like giant shifts in the, in the world to, to kind of have like the life you want to have. And I, you know, now when I'm have like, think about my position with like my job, in my, uh, in music and whatnot, I see a lot of synergy yeah. and like I've benefited my music tenfold since kind of getting into like a, a, a trying or having a professional career that like complements my personality and skill set has created a lot of synergy and it's built a lot of experience. Like I feel like I have a lot more like business experience and just like speaking and just like ways to kind of keep sharp and, uh, you know, like, and also with like social media and marketing and stuff, like, I just feel like I'm okay. I just feel like I've never been better suited to like do music the way I want to do it. So I feel like this incredible synergy 
And again, like I want to be kind of based somewhere. And when I travel, like I just want to have like four shows in Florida once a year, four shows in Texas once a year, yeah. you know, four shows in Denver once a year and have them all booked and announced like at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And like that weekend, I'll just go over there and that's come an, back. That's an it, incredible thing that you can't, that is such a drastic difference in that, that type of music versus like being a touring metal band. There's no option to, to fly somewhere and, not, and take minimal gear and just play for like a weekend. And I think that's such a cool part of what you, what you do is that you're able to kind of, you can balance both things really well because you're not faced with the option of do am I going to take this tour and leave for a month and a half and do that or am I going to keep my job you know it's a it's a cool balance that I'm I, I won't say that I'm jealous of because I love touring but there is a part that I'd be I'm like I would love to be able to just go play some shows on the weekends and and not just have them be like local shows and then mm -hmm. and then have a normal life during the week that seems like kind of Pretty ideal. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really, it, it's like a, it's a cool balance that you're able to have doing what you do. Yeah. Thank you. It's a, it kind of reminds you of comedy. Like yeah. totally. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. exactly yeah. what it's reminding me of. Even they when you're in the comedy clubs, even that? when, it, well, even when you're saying that you just like the idea of going and like doing sets where you're kind of like working it out. That's where, you know, you're saying that this thing on Friday, it's like you can go and just kind of like do whatever you, you know, work things out. It's like we play some house, play some this. That's a totally like comedy thing that mm -hmm. that, that almost makes that type of uh, performance closer to that than than metal, because there are so many things that are like this or that in metal. Yeah, that's actually a really good analogy, like Grizzlies. It's it's kind of like him and I at the helm, and we have like a crew around us, and we have a lot of vital members in it. But like him and I are kind of like, you know, like I don't know. There's a, there's um, it's there's a few of us that are very consistent. Um, but I need to bring that up to him because he loves comedy, and that's a great way to look at. It. I haven't been thinking of it like the Thursday nights like that okay. as like you know a. You know, I, I, I brought up to him that it's like you really get what you put out of it. And I think that's just kind of where I, I, I get like the fun out of it and like the experience out of it because it's not the most popping night. So it's it's just it's a lot more work for us. And it's like the Friday nights are a lot easier for us. And like we crush it there. Yeah. And uh, but, you know, we get a lot out of it. And like, yeah, that's a great way to look at it. And uh, I actually when I. Eventually, I, when I have a family, I'll move back to the West Coast to be around my, my parents to get like grand, you know, grandparents and, you know, yada, yada. And Mexicali is like uh, 10, 10 hours away from my parents. So it's like, you know, it's just a day yeah. from like both families. I definitely want to get like a gig at the clubs out there and like be a resident DJ out there. Um, that's a ways out. But that's definitely something I, I'm, I'm going to like build up to, like kind of build a resume here to yeah. kind of go out there and have like a, a new kind of like home club circuit, I guess. And then do like the whole like traveling thing and just have it all work, but have it all like build into each other. Like part of the reason me playing in Reno is cool is because I play in other places. And part of how I play in other places is cool is because I play 
at a club somewhere regularly. And yeah, right, right. Well, I like that you're that. thinking of everything all together, whereas a lot of musicians, especially, they kind of see like a professional life or anything outside of music as like a death sentence. You, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I think it's cool that you're just looking at it in a different way. Like, hey, how can I get all the, these things flowing and like working together to where they all inspire each other instead of having this attitude like, oh, this is fucking me up. You know, fuck this shit. Yeah. You know, and like I struggle with that too. I'm not going to lie. You know, like earlier today I was all tripping like, fuck, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. This shit sucks. I, I should just be, you know, doing blah, 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 or whatever. So, you know, I get it, but that, that that is really cool that you're thinking of it that way. Yeah, thank you. I feel like it's uh, something I feel like is a – it's been clutch for me. Like, it's really given me not just, like, kind of a financial stability that I, I am building and can rely on, and can build the life I want reliably from it. But it really stabilizes me as like a person. Like I just, I approach things more organized. Like I just know I have to like take care of myself, then take care of business and then do like my diligence for like my job and then do the, the, like the extra stuff I want to do. And I know it's all possible because I can feel daily where I could have max maximized time to achieve more. And I know there's just a daily limit on how much you can achieve in a day as well. And like you and I have both grinded a lot. Like we we have like the right experience and kind of like, baseline knowledge to do a lot of things that people are still going to take years and years to, to, to figure out. Like, I don't need to spend, you know, five years learning Ableton right now or, yeah, or, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, I just need like a few hours a day to kind of like, yeah, yeah. you know, tops just I to agree. kind of, you know, and you know, on the weekend and here and there, you're going to have like these, uh, more time for it and it, you know y- you'll you'll get to make those kind of decisions then but uh you know and sometimes you know it's like anything else maybe you won't you won't feel like it but the best way to like kind of get after it is just or get inspired by it it's just kind of like start to do it again you know just totally. start start getting after it but yeah i think that's like a crucial thing that i think it's funny with like death a job being like a death sentence or like kind of a professional career outlook on like the future is like a, a death sentence. Cause I really feel like it provides like this stability and just like tie to kind of like a real world that is definitely going to benefit your like vision of like your own world mm-hmm. and whatnot. And then they start to blur. Like I can, I, I can see like with my new company, like how I can like, you know, take, you know, level some stuff up and do some really awesome stuff. I'm like, Oh, this is pretty cool. Like, I, I could see where you could open it up in the same way you can open other things up. You mean I just like on the business type of side because your work, cause you know, it's strictly business. So you're kind of thinking of that to your music or are you talking about like creatively speaking? Well, like, like my, my buddy's business is a, it's a design studio and like they'll design anything like, 
they can basically do like they just do creative problem solving basically for like any type of business that wants anything to do with how something looks accomplished from like uh from like the obvious things of like logo and you know kind of like design templates to like how things should be toned like the just the tone of the company and everything the little details like the fonts and you know only use these colors with all your stuff and yeah okay. you know, so they're your, like a, it's like marketing signature. it's marketing yeah, yeah. but that, that's like the they'll do packaging too like they'll make custom packaging and, and whatever but then they'll also make like websites and stuff that's okay. like kind of a, embodies everything together and the websites will be very interactive because they kind of have like an artistic spin on it, but it's still very business minded and supposed to like gear to, or it does gear towards the client experience. But the whole kind of thing of, that we package is like this skill set and service, but like the, the vibe of the company and kind of why we're doing this is to make something that inspires the business to kind of blow up. Like, and we've had like it just in the past, my, like my past, it was the, the company rebranded when I was working there. So it was like kind of a big break for me, not like, like hitting the brakes. Like I just couldn't do anything for a couple of weeks. Cause I'm not going to like reach out to people and introduce myself when like, Hey, this is our old company name, but in a couple of weeks we're going to rebrand. Yeah. It's just like, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't appropriate, but now it's appropriate. So I'm getting in all these like calls with people are coming in and like, there's this one company for Reno. They have a lot of Reno business, but they do like a lot of, they've done stuff all over the world. And this company's a three, a three, uh, it's a third party logistics company, which is basically just like warehouses and trucks. Like the, you could store stuff at there. Like when you, when your yeah. stuff gets too big for like to keep in your garage, you can rent out space over there and transport it around. And they're the company that does that. Yeah. And they, they, this guy, has like his, he bought the company a few years ago and really like, he took it. He's like, I think like, f you know, five X the, the worth and income yearly income of the business. And he oh. wants to, it's, he just been using the old brand and whatnot. And he's like, I want to rebrand. And we're talking about like, you know, we, 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 it's not, we're not trying to like push, really anything we're trying to like figure out what these people want to do in the future and how like big they want to go with things. Yeah. And then we kind of just tell them like what we can, what we can do for them and how like, just try to like see their vision and see if it's worth it for us to get involved with, see if we like them. Cause we don't, we don't really like doing stuff with like people who we don't like or like, you know, or like, you know, or be, there's just like red flags people can give off that like they're, you know, they're like, don't want to share something with us that like could tell us a lot about their business for some weird reason, which is in my opinion, just kind of bad business anyways. Um, have you seen the like show for Nathan for you? Yeah. So you guys, yeah. you guys kind of do what Nathan for you is doing, except you're not, not it's a not joke. a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty okay. much. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like this, this guy was like, we're, we're going to rebrand his, his company, change the name, you know, all, all new, uh, identity, but we're talking about like his website and he's interested in a website and whatnot. And like, he could definitely afford the websites, but he's like, if I 
get the website, my business is going to grow. So I, I, it's not just the cost of the website. It's a cost of me. Like I need to go lock down another warehouse somewhere to yeah, account yeah. for like the new business that's going to come in. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's really neat to kind of like, I mean, this is just like expanding kind of the local regional businesses there, but some, some people come in that they like, they have national ideas Like we're doing something in Reno, but we want to kind of do this in other places. And I don't know. I, I just, I, I like it because I don't have an eye for design really. I mean, I'm not like oblivious, but I don't know how to like open Photoshop makes them look great. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Like I could tell when something looks good or, or doesn't look good within reason. Like sometimes like, especially with my own stuff, like big chocolate stuff. I, I have like, I don't care about that. Now I have a, uh, an art director designer who's like definitely has like, does all that thinking for me. And it's great. Cause everything he's like what do you think of this i'm like yep send it off yeah. uh, <laughs> i'm his i'm his i'm his dream client for sure ne- never a re- not one revision in our whole history of working together <laughs> there you um, go. yeah <laughs> but like i i feel like i i resonate more with these business people who like have this business that they're trying to grow and like i it's like so i like connecting with them and i'm just kind of the middleman between them and like our our company you know, and yeah. like we send different proposals and they're all, they're all totally custom forever what they want and everything about it. Like the, the languages and the packages are all custom. So it's, 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 it's cool. And then ultimately what you're giving them is something that they're going to be like inspired to blow their company up even more and kind of take it to wherever they want to make it. So we have like, we, we do the service, but then we kind of like form a relationship with them that we're actually trying to like, kind of be like, like a partner in a sense where we're basically going to like continuously kind of guide and like listen to their goals and kind of like hold their, their goals accountable for them, but also like kind of be a part of like the design aspect, but it's, it's, we don't become partners. It's everything is like you pay for certain services and like we, there is like retainers and stuff like, you know, like we, 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 retain on people for like their monthly emails. Like, you know, we'll do, there's just, it's all laid out very specifically, uh-huh. yeah. but it's, it's great. Cause I really like meeting these people and they're all super smart and like, they have a lot to talk about. And like, you just, it's just a matter of kind of like getting to know each other and then kind of like forming a relationship and then figuring out how to like do the things that they inherently inquired your company for. And so there's a lot, there's, I don't really feel like a lot of pressure on it. Um, I'm still learning like the company process as far as like how we, like how we do things so I can talk about it uh, a little quicker, but it's, it's, I mean, I have no problem not knowing how to, how our company does things. I'm just like, well, I'm going to look that up. Yeah. 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 The, I'll, I'll just get back to you. you know? Yeah. That's right. always um, been my best, like, way to go when I'm at work and stuff and they're like, Oh, what about this? I'm just like, I don't know. You know, I think <laughs> saying, I don't know is actually, it looks kind of smart. I don't know, but I'm going to find out for you. Right. People yeah. who pretend That's to know everything and yeah. don't actually know everything. They look, it that doesn't fare well in yeah. the long run because it's lying. Yeah. You never look stupid yeah. if you're, truth, if yeah. you're honest. Yeah. It's yeah. True. My line is always, I'm going to look that up. I never say, yeah. I don't know. And I always say, I'm going to look that up. And it's interesting because after doing that and applying it, not just to like with, you know, prevent, 
you know, the professional stuff with uh, business people or whatever you want to call that. But like, even at the club, when someone's like, have you heard of this? I, and when you say, I don't know, there's like a big like wall that comes down. But if you say like, I'm going to look, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look into it. They, it's like, you're saying yes, but they, they can tell you about it. And it's like this weird pathway that like keeps the flow going. Absolutely. Well, then someone feels like they've hit you off to something and they're like, Whoa, I've hit this DJ doesn't know about like my favorite song and I can introduce them to something. No, is just not. No isn't an answer that people on the other sa- side, the receiving side of no, feel like they can move past. No is a wall, but I'm going to look that up is a pathway. Like an interest. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. I'm about to use that. Mm-hmm. I have to use that. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> you know, you, it's like a practice. You, you keep, you can catch yourself when you're using the wrong language once you know the right language. And when you use the right language and feel the effects. And then when you go back and use the wrong language, you can, you could definitely tell how important it is to optimize a lot of, a lot of your language you use. It's very interesting. And that, you know, that's on one bit, but like, I've even, I, I take that to like, it's like, I just have a game with it. Like I just try never to say anything negatively like whatsoever. And like, I try, mm-hmm. I, I, I just try to like, it's like a, a, a word game. Like I just, mm-hmm. I never try to take the negative approach to something or addressing something. Like I, Oh, like even if it's like, I always, I'm not, I mean, I know people can be like, like it, I, I, I feel like the more I do it and the better I get at it, I never like turn people off. It's always like a turn on. Like it's always like kind of, you can always feel it. I always feel it. I've never had anyone be like, I'm, because I'm not like obnoxious with it. I'm definitely like listening to whatever is being said and just reaffirming that I'm listening, but in a positive way uh-huh. in, yeah. in, instead of like, you know, saying like that sucks or something. <laughs> I always try to, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I always yeah. try to say, but it's, it's not like, I don't know. It's, it's you, like have to, feedback, you have to be sincere uh, about yeah, it, yeah. otherwise it doesn't work. Yeah, like yeah. empathetic feedback, kind of like I, I, you're taking in what they're saying and relaying it back to them. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but in your own way and not being corny about it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, if someone has like, like for instance, today, uh, my girlfriend had to go take pictures with her family for something that she didn't know about. And she stayed up till like seven in the morning and she might get mad at me for saying this, but she was like, I have, I'm already up and I haven't slept at all and I have to go. And I'm like, I could have been like, I think I said like, Oh man, of course. Or, 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 oh man. Like right away. Cause I was like, Ooh, like no sleep is the worst thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. But I wasn't going to be like, that sucks. It's their fault. Like, you know, I was just like, it's going to be a long day, but you got this. You know, like you're just going to have to clutch it. Like <laughs> mentally, you know, that this is going to happen. So you could definitely pull it off and it, it's going to be, it's going to be great. You know, you know, and then you add little things to support, like what can I do? Or like, is so-and-so doing this? You know? Um, yeah. I'll try to, sorry, Tessie. I'll try to refrain from <laughs> spilling your, 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 your more personal. I mean, that's a, that's personal a thing. really good way to be. I think, if you could identify 
the process of how you're actually doing that may be helpful to a lot of people. Because that's like communicating is probably the number one hardest thing for everybody in business or I would person say to period. person. Period. That's the hardest period. thing what, on the planet. What ruins relationships, friendships, yeah. uh, courtships, business relationships, partnerships, bands, you name it. Yeah. I mean, communicating and communication. I have like sort of a temper. So, like, the way. Even when, even though I'm aware of, of the temper, like I'll still come off like, and I'll be trying to be nice, but it won't come off that way. Yeah, well, you know every, I mean? and everyone's so. commu- like form of communication is different as yeah. well. So it's like a you have to tap into the vibe of everyone in communicating. You know, it's very much a a, a skill, exactly a gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying to you, yeah, is that there you go. It's a product. For you to distribute to people. <laughs> yeah, because you can improve the way you communicate and you can uh, improve the way you approach things or people or, you know, externally and internally. And there is a lot of like people who try to coach or share that type of stuff. That's actually one of my bigger goals is to like get into writing books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like, I feel like that's just like where people like really take things to a new level. Not, not just in terms of like harnessing in like what they're actually trying to write about for them. Like just the experience of writing a book about something that they want to share. I feel like just totally like helps them dial it in and improves like just is a big benefit to just them writing the book. But it, it it's like um like right there like just using the word but I hate using that word like it just like mm. it there's just better words to use it just yeah, it, yeah. It, it inherently yeah. instantly nullifies like whatever you said yeah before. Exactly. I actually I exactly. heard yeah. that in that movie uh I think it's called the Kite Runner is that a movie that sounds familiar I've uh, definitely seen the there's cover a, of there's that. like a line that he says. A, 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 a father says to his son, he's like, everything that you said before the word but is now you don't mean it. You know? Like, yeah. you're a really great guy and everything's going great, but yeah. blah, blah, blah. So that's why... That's I, the classic sense for sure. So that's it's true. And that's something I'll think of is I'll put all the bad stuff before the but. That's something that I've been doing you know, ever <laughs> since I saw that movie. You know? I'd be like, you know, yeah. we can't work together and I hate you, but you're a great guy yeah. and I, you know, and I hope that we can remain friends. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's an extreme example, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I do. I, it's something that I, I always do. think of. Is, uh, if I'm going to say something and I say, but that means that everything before the but is the, the non-important thing. Yeah. So, but like <laughs> I said, if you can identify some of those practices that you have, that would be helpful for your boy. That's my, that's my <laughs> aim for sure. That's my aim for sure. I want to talk. I want, I know I want to write one that's like kind of like not really autobiographic, but I feel like my experience with like feeling a certain way after like childhood from like, just like my experience and my health and everything. And then like, going out on my own and kind of not being thrashed around by the real world, but kind of like 
you get your, your first person perspective kind of like distorted and like you, you get to like experience other people, like things that you just, you were never like aware of being like a, a real thing for, you know, just your experience and other people's experience and how like you can mingle, like, I don't know, but uh, also to do with the diet part, especially because I feel like a lot of people, just never like, like what, like a, a big thing for me was like, like I used to, I remember like feeling really great when I'd eat bacon and eggs every day. And like, I was all about it. And I remember someone one day was like, Oh, there's a lot of cholesterol in that. And I remember being like, Oh no, I don't want that. And like, like being turned off of eating bacon and eggs and probably getting some type of like complex about cholesterol and like I, kn- I didn't know what cholesterol was. And the person who told me that definitely doesn't know what cholesterol is like and what it means yeah. when you eat it and stuff. And so like that, not that that like screwed me up, but like that kind of like experience is all over like the way people are eating now. And yeah. like in the grocery stores, like the way things are marketed to you, it's like, if you would, if you like, I mean, it, I was trying, I was trying to think of an example. Like if you didn't know what you were doing in a grocery store, like you're, way of like trying to eat well was like very disaligned with like what it would really be like to be really like servicing and nurturing your body. And I was trying to think of an example of that, but like the, the Western, I think the States has to be like a big place for it because there's so many people. So trying to like feed so many people, I'm yeah. sure like the whole world has um, this in some way, but the States and also because it's, it's, it's really new. And a lot of these things were kind of like, I mean, I'm sure these things were kind of started everywhere, but like the whole, like massive, massive farming, you know, yeah. massive, massive, uh, you know, like the, the an- farming of animals, like the fact factory farming of animals and like the, what are, what are some other big things like sugar, yeah. like yeah. How, how sugar is such a major, major industry and, and stuff. And, like you, you just, it's so far removed of like how like you, you supposed to be, or you not supposed to be, but can be thriving off of eating certain things. And like, you know, like it, it just takes like a depth of knowledge to like understand the whole like circle of life and where like human beings kind of fit into it, mm-hmm. but also where everything else fits into it. And when yeah. you kind of get, you understand the circle from like the sun to the soil to like the grass to like, you know, the, I mean, the, the, the soil can go to grass, then to an animal or go to the, the soil and then to vegetables or, 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 you know, plants or what have you and how they can kind of like not just work, but then the preparations that go in order to like take them to another place for like, absorption I think is a good word and how that really connects is just like it, it went what I just got into that for a while and I was really applying that all the time and it really allowed me to kind of like get down to like myself and kind of like a mental spiritual way and kind of like a you know I guess spiritual in terms of like, you know, you in the planet and, you know, you in your place and everything, but also like a physical, like I was 
the, the, it just it created that it was like the very first spark that started creating that synergy for me that kind of like got me back to where I'm supposed to be. And I feel like where I'm at now has surpassed kind of any high point in my life prior in terms of like mental, physical, spiritual synergy. And also like the way I'm looking like ahead and able to like envision the future, but also able to recognize how I can like service other people by what I'm doing in a way that is like easy to connect and to translate in a way where like they can benefit or be exposed to it. And it's like, if they want to go deeper, they can go deeper, but at least they, it's, you know, I'm not trying to like, ah, you know, it's like a very, very past, like it's very accessible and you wouldn't even notice your 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 kind of like being uh, benefited from it, but that's something I'm aware of and want to contribute to. And I feel like me contributing to that is going to contribute to like my progression forward. And I guess that kind of all inherently ties into like I feel like writing a book is a really like you, you're, you're watching me like tell this and bring this out of my mind of like this, like I like this stuff in my head about it. But when you write a book, it like it taking it from in your head to verbalizing it is one thing. It's a big thing, but writing it down on paper and, and, and having it be like, yeah, writing it down and then going through the process, writing it down, period, is mm-hmm. huge. But yeah. the more you write it and revise it, the better and better yeah. it gets. Well, and then a book, other people will eventually edit it and it will yeah. go out. And it, it will refine the process and my – it will define, like, how I feel about it and on, like, an organized way so much better than – I think anything else and it will provide the most benefit for other people. So it'll, it'll. Absolutely. I mean, uh, a lot of like what people say is just word vomit, which I do that. You do that. You do that. It's like, but when you get it down, when you write it down and it's, you can kind of understand what you're going for in the overall picture. And then you go back and revise it and you can make it all just this neat little package of this is what I think it's not, it's not, Talking is just easy and it's right there. And like, it's easy to just talk about ideas consistently and have them coming out and there's no editing, no revising. So it's like, I'll say things and it's like, well, that's not actually how I feel. But then when I write it down and I can look at it and revise it, you just get things laid out so much. A book is a great way to convey a message to people as opposed to talking is a good way. But when you have it just organized perfectly and someone can read exactly what you're intending to say, it's just an easier way for another person to intake the the ideas that you have. Because mm-hmm. speaking can sound speaking can seem like just a lot of stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> Talking is, mm-hmm. is is thinking. Yeah, so there's exactly. Not really much of a difference. There. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, yeah, I mean, I noticed that even when I'm making like a post on Instagram, you know, it's like all totally. Like, write it in a note first like think about what i'm trying to convey you know what i mean so 
But I think that what uh-huh. you were what you were getting at in that, I think that it's very a lot of people. Okay, so you can begin to talk about dieting, and and you kind of like to people who aren't interested in dieting, it can seem like kind of crazy when you get on this like thing about how starting with your diet, implement integrating a good diet into your life can just it can totally flip your life in crazy ways. And it, it lends to getting better sleep. It lends to it being easier to wake up. It's easier to think throughout the day. And I don't think that because of just by pure nature of the American diet, it's we don't understand those benefits from the from childhood on. Like it's almost something that we have to discover because if you're eating like cereal and, and you're totally like overdoing your caloric intake for the day and what, and you're just used to existing like that without like restriction, you don't understand what it's like to, to just eat the perfect amount of food or just to eat like the perfect nutritional food in a day and what that can, can do for the rest of your life. Because it seems kind of crazy. Like if you get on a diet kick, I've been there. I've been the person on a diet and I tell everyone how fucking great yeah. it is. And they're like, okay, dude, whatever. You're just on the like diet hype. But it actually does change the rest of your life in a way that you just cannot explain to people unless they experience it as well. That restriction lends to getting eight hours of sleep a night, waking up early, getting stuff done in the morning, having total cognitive function and being able to make really good decisions. Also working out. If you work out, it it helps you just like get your thoughts in order in a way that mm-hmm. doesn't always come if you're like over, if you're eating a ton of, let's say McDonald's, let's say you fucking exist on McDonald's and you're eating over your caloric intake all the time. It's not, your brain isn't operating in the same way. So I think that a lot of things start with diet. So I like that you're saying that because it's just, it's so true. Like that can be the, the, the beginning of everything else. It can put everything else in order. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, very, very well said. Definitely appreciate where you're coming from and relate to a few aspects of that, like in a comical way, like when you, when you're, you're doing, you're, you're doing things that are like really the diet hype thing and you're really killing it and you're like loving it and you're, and no one listens to you. I remember when I was like building that, I don't, I don't think one person listened to me or took (laughs) me seriously. And then like, I mean, it was like, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't, I have a great, I look at, like to look at dieting as like kind of like a lifestyle, you know, it's just like, I mean, it could be, it's, if it's strict, it's like, it's strict, but if it's like kind of loose, it's, you still have like a certain lifestyle you're kind of living into. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I've really like widened mine out to where like, you know, the, the origins of it don't, aren't really like reflective in like a visible way of how I, I am now, but like the knowledge and the experience that I gained from that was is forever yeah and i i it's definitely valuable and it's very hard to teach because people don't want 
to learn it. Yeah. I feel that way about any kind of restriction. It's like integrating any kind of restriction into your life. I don't, a lot of it can't last forever, but you'll learn something really important from every restriction that you put on yourself, whether you loosen it up in the future. Like say, okay, there was a while ago where I was like eating 1300 calories a day. That's what I did. I stopped doing that. I stopped counting calories in my fitness pal every day and, you know, being obsessive about all of that shit. But there is a part of that that I still carry with me every single day. And it's a valuable part. It's not the obsessive part. It's, oh, maybe I shouldn't like eat that because it's like, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I, I think, yeah, I'm aware of, of things that I wouldn't have been aware of before because of the restriction. Restriction is always a good thing. In learning. Oh, yeah. That's the, I mean, in, in like American society, restricting yourself is a huge no-no because everything is based on business and selling products. I, I'm, yeah. I, I'm like, I love America. I'm not like hating on America by <laughs> any means, but like, you know, the point is to like sell stuff and that's how you make your business and your living and everything. And food is, is nothing more than like a product. You know, nobody's saying what the point of food Food is yeah. is sold as a sensual experience. That's very and yeah. It's rare uh, that you get people that tell you like, "Oh, you should probably like turn down all those like sensual experiences." That's like that comes more from like spirituality and stuff like that. You know, it doesn't really come. From, mm-hmm. That's not good for marketing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like yeah, when you were talking definitely. about food and stuff, it's True. like, well, the reason why people are so confused about it is because they have like products conflated with like food you know if you just eat Mm -hmm. food that's like food like a a vegetable or or whatever you know like you'll be all right and but most people don't view food that way they view it as like the maximum uh what you know the maximum like sensual experience it's the only way i can you know that's the only way i can explain it's true it's true like what's gonna Uh feel the best when it's going down and that's actually not good it, it's and it's interesting. I'm not saying how, I'm like, above it, and, by the way. No, no. I mean, <laughs> and like an economic way, I feel like the best food for you is like always comes from like the best environments, and it's expensive because it's it's like has this value that's kind of competing with the these other markets that have kind of come in with food, you know. And it's, there's like a sustainability thing to it. And like, it's, it comes from like years and years, like 200 years ago, it's like that sustainability aspect would be swiped out if there was like no water or like it didn't rain or like the farms didn't grow anything and people would starve basically, you know? And like, you couldn't eat a lot. They didn't have a, like you had like what you had on your plate was like what you got and people like in the States, especially like starved in States, the States is like sales. The whole origins of the U S is all sales and it's still all sales. And that's great. I think it's, I think it's great. Just like how you were saying it's, 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 it's great, but it has these like these ills that can come into play when you can come into eras of abundance. Exactly. That's and things are still being pushed. Right. You know, to, because they're on this like supportive 
this, this weird like supportive structure that's intertwined with marketing and lifestyle and, 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 and life period, because now it's like all of these things have been pushed into abundance, but people are relying on, on pushing those things in order to live. So now they, they need to do that to live. Whereas before they were just pushing things because they want, because others needed all of it to live. So it never mm-hmm. stops, you know, and the salesmen yeah. have to keep selling. Otherwise they're not going to have money for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. I think about, I've thought about some weird things that I've never really read anywhere else about how, like, I bet you in some way, like some of like the sugar and grain industries have to like have some type of like in cahoots conspiracy business agreement with like insurance companies for people's health. You wonder like how, yeah, like they're, they're going to keep pushing these things that are like, eventually going to make people sick if their diets kind of sustained from these things that I think initially were kind of put in place to make it so people didn't starve to death. Right. You know, it's like, we got to feed everybody. And then once everyone was fed, it was like, Ooh, like, I think I see like that was pretty cheap to do, you know? And like, you know, so-and-so's farm is, you know, like one of these winters is it's, it's going to like, or one of these, growing seasons it's not going to produce and like they're going to be hurting for money and we could probably like knock them off and like that just kind of keeps growing and and then the yeah so i think it's like you know hey we keep feeding people all this sugar and everything and you know all this like flour or whatever is making people sick and uh the insurance company is like you'll get it you we'll give them to you and they're like you know 65 and have some they need some type of operation or whatever because they've been eating, you know, uh, I don't know, sugar, like Fruit cinnamon loops. rolls every yeah. day. Yeah. Or whatever, exactly. you know? right. yeah, I mean, I was like, I don't know where we were, but I, we were out somewhere and I remember seeing it like a TV. I don't know where we were, but we were out and about and I looked and I saw a TV and there was an ad for airheads. And I was just like, how are they doing that? Like, <laughs> like you could never eat an airhead for the rest of your life. And that would be a benefit to your life. But yeah. it's like on TV, like they have enough money. I, I just blew my mind that they had enough money from selling airheads to like make an ad. I don't know. I just couldn't believe and it. And it's never like a, a Brussels sprout commercial. Well, that's not sexy. And like, I get that, you know, for sure. But I think for me, a big like light bulb moment was like, oh, maybe eating isn't simply about it being like this amazing, like orgasmic experience. It's like eating to be healthy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's a difference between the two. But for some reason, there's this huge taboo on talking about what people eat. People, people do not. Yeah. People, <laughs> but people also get offended by pe- by other people around them dieting. I've experienced it firsthand because I've been the person dieting and I've seen other people like, Oh, don't you want to eat this or, you know, there's like a, there's a guilt attached to seeing a person that, you know, eating healthy. It's not where, as it should be the other way around, but it's this weird conundrum that we're in. You do it to each other. (laughs) (laughs) I wish it was that easy. Seriously, (laughs) seriously, we're not getting pizza tonight. Really? (laughs) (laughs) But you know, it really does happen. Like people... Maybe this is just in my experience, but I see that there are more people who get unhappy about the diet 
then happy about oh, yeah. the person it's on a diet. It's not like, oh, you're killing it. They you're, feel yeah, offended. Like, oh, look at this fit guy over yeah, here. Yeah, it's, it's like shot. a, oh, you're not going to eat yeah. that cupcake. And then oh, it's, it's, really it's some weird yeah, like really stigma bad. attached to being being the person trying to better yourself. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I uh, definitely appreciate where you're coming from with that. Make, that. Like right there makes me like really appreciate my mom. Cause when I was doing a lot of like stuff like that, I know that had to be like insane. And like the way she kind of like came through was just, and she still kind of like reflects a lot of like things like that. Like now when she's like making me something like I, I've kind of like trained her. I'm like, you know, don't buy canola oil spray. Yeah. 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 Don't, don't don't eat that. You know, um, quit, quit doing that, you know, get, get the real stuff or, you know, real, real stuff's a whole nother, uh, conversation, but like, like she was still like when she, like, I was just visiting her for Easter and she was like making me eggs and she was like, all oil spray. And I was like, just make it like, I, I love where you're coming from. I mean, that's the great thing about moms, man. It's like any weird diet thing I've ever done. My mom, now I have my mom every time we're, we're going back to Iowa. My mom's like, okay, are you guys eating meat now? What are, what don't you eat? And I, we're talking about my Midwestern. My mom is so not, this is so far from what she knows. It's so far removed from her life, but I love that I do have a mom and your mom is, is great about that as well because your mom's dieting is just as weird as any of yeah, ours. But my mom, sure. you know, if <laughs> even if she hasn't heard of it, if it's vegan, she's like, okay, I'm going to figure out how to make a vegan cake for you. I'm going to adapt to this. And that is a great thing about having a fucking a good mom, a good support system there because mm -hmm. it, it makes all the difference. Unconditional love. You know, yeah, unconditional love. That that's the the big the big thing that parents, you know, can really crush it on when they when they nail that. It's it's the fundamental. Yeah, nothing else like, really. No, nothing else matters for sure. It's so true. Yeah. Parents can be the biggest fuck ups in the entire world, but if they love you, no matter what, and they support you, no matter what, then it's like it's a, you can't really. I guess that that would make them not the biggest fuck up in the entire world, <laughs> just inherently. Definitely, but that's that's Definitely. a huge, very important thing. Oh yeah, yeah! Shout out to all the parents out there. <laughs> for real, man. Our moms are listening to this. That's I don't for have sure. To to My mom much. listens we're, to we're every episode. Like two over two hours. My mom is like, so. "Oh, I heard you talking about this on the podcast the other day." Like, it's <laughs> my mom's so favorite funny. thing. Right on, man. Well, fuck. So we don't want to keep you all night, dude. I don't know if you got to work in the morning or whatnot, but uh... oh yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hanging. I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for real. I uh, I have had a fantastic time. Fuck yeah, man. Uh, this evening, it's dude. A, me, a, too. That's a, me too. It's a pretty good place to end it too. Talking about giving the love to the parents. Going all the, way the parents. all the way back around. Or if yeah. not, even if you don't have that parent figure in your life, finding one person who can give you yeah. that unconditional love, that, that makes all the difference. They won't judge you for your diet. They won't judge you for playing fucking brutal death metal. Yeah. Or whatever path you want to go in your life, that's the key, man. I know, we didn't even get into your, your brutal death career, but we'll have to have you back, <laughs> man. 
Yeah, I would love to come back. I, you I should. think that's a that's a good. This is a good uh, first appearance to <laughs> talk about. All, yeah, dude, I was all, excited I just, to have you on, man, and uh, that was really great. So yeah, it was really great. Thank you, man, for real. Thank you. It next was great. next you time we'll talk about metal. We'll talk about metal and uh, Chaney and I'll fucking. We might have to make a little appearance out. Yeah, we might have to come to Austin. Yeah. Oh shit. That'd be fantastic. All right, have a good week, everyone. All right, brother. Find that person, that unconditional love. <laughs>